Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 274. Fire, 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 fire. Today's most inspiring entrepreneurs delivered straight to you seven days a week. This is Entrepreneur on Fire. Fire. Here is your host who is always, always prepared to ignite, John Lee Dumas. Entrepreneur on Fire. Fire. Fire Nation, are you an aspiring or new entrepreneur who's looking for a community of like-minded individuals who can offer support, tools, resources, and advice as you start your entrepreneurial journey? Visit FireNationElite.com to find out more about our elite mastermind group. Fill out an application, schedule a one-on-one 15-minute chat with me, and start your journey today. Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Sunil Rajaraman. Sunil, are you prepared to ignite? I am prepared to ignite. <laughs> All right. Sunil is the founder and CEO of Scripted.com, a marketplace for businesses to hire freelance writers. Scripted has a pool of 80,000 freelance writers and ranks as one of the top five largest writer communities on the internet, providing hundreds of businesses with thousands of blog posts, tweets, press releases, and articles each month. Given Fire Nation a little overview, Sunil, but take a minute. Tell us about you personally. We want to get to know you and then give us an overview of your business. I'm California, uh, born and raised. Right. Uh, so I got the I got the Silicon Valley bug from a young age. My dad was a uh, 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 early stage at a startup called uh, TimeNet uh, way back in the early '80s, back in the old Bub Road in Cupertino, which is now where Apple's offices are. And so grew up having a kind of technology entrepreneur in the house and. Uh, you know, I, I didn't catch the bug until much later on, uh, when it was, I guess, wow, uh, it was 2006 when we started, uh, this, the first version of this company, which I'll get to a little bit later, but in between then I went to college at Claremont McKenna, um, was at UCLA where I went to the Anderson school. Um, and, uh, and it was there that, uh, Ryan, my co-founder, a third co-founder we had at the time, Zach and I had had a crazy idea. Zach was a struggling screenwriter in Los Angeles, and was he, he the was, only one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know exactly, exactly right, exactly right. But this is exactly this is this is funny because this is why we thought this would be a great idea. The first, <laughs> the first version of this company was well, you know, Zach's really talented. If we can just get him in front of the right people. He'll manage, he'll sell a screenplay, he'll be able to option his work because it's so much about connections, which is almost like the venture capital industry in, in the Silicon Valley. It's, it is very connection driven and sometimes the most talented people don't, don't float to the top. So, so Ryan and I had this idea, well, we can help Zach and here's how we're going to do it. We're going to build Google documents for screenwriters. Yeah. Okay. And, and we're going to build this web-based tool where writers all over the world can collaborate on screenplays, work together, bounce ideas off of each other. And, you know, we're going to give away the software for free and convince producers that they should start buying screenplays from us instead of through traditional channels like agencies and, and their own connections. And that was the first version of the company. And that really launched in January 2008. And that was called Script, which is very confusing and very similar sounding that's S C R I P P E D. 
And the thought was, you know, let's, let's see how this goes. And, and, you know, uh, early on we got 5,000 users using the software and, you know, within two years we had 50,000 users using the screenwriting software, but for the life of us, we couldn't get producers to buy screenplays from us. And it was just not a financeable company. It was, it was a struggle. I was working a full-time job, keeping the company alive. Uh, I was at Applied Materials. Uh, my co-founder worked for Rapley for some time, which is a Silicon Valley startup. Meanwhile, our, our third co-founder, the writer, uh, went off to Harvard Dental School. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was just this, 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 this combination of events that, you know, the, the writing was eventually on the wall that the screenwriting software idea wouldn't work. However, you know, we did amass this user base of 80,000 writers. And in uh, early 2011, uh, our first business customer, Levi's, came along and said, hey, listen, uh, we've heard about you guys. You're that large screenwriting uh, community. We don't need help with with a screenplay or anything like that, but we do have an advertising project. And we don't want to, you know, uh, retain our ad agency and, and run up a huge bill for this project. You think you can find a couple of writers within your screenwriting community to make this thing work? Interesting. And the project was a huge success. And we cashed a pretty decent-sized check, and we said to ourselves, wow, <laughs> uh, maybe there's something here. And, and so we built a very minimum viable product, and th- the idea was, as a business, you could come in, you could uh, post a project, and a, uh, a writer would be matched to you who would complete that project in a set amount of time. And demand for this product was so high in the summer of 2011, just in our, in our initial test, that uh, we were able to put together a million-dollar uh, seed round in November of 2011. Wow. And, and, and you know, we ju- it took us a while, I mean, actually three years, but we realized that the real customers are, are businesses that need writers. And I would add to that, the strange thing and, and, and why, why this is working so well is, you know, in the case of Levi's and some of our early customers, what we figured out was the, the writers who were registering for our screenwriting community were not professional writers. They were professionals who happened to write. So a great example is we had an audio hardware company as an early customer. The, the writer who we were able to find to write their tweets was working for Pixar's special effects department as his day job. And w- what you had was this, this amazing combination of uh, professionals who happened to write and businesses that need writers who are subject matter experts. And so everything kind of came together. Uh, we eventually picked up the URL scripted, which is another funny story. We got it in exchange for a baseball cap and a postcard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but we kind of haven't looked back, and we've been focusing on scripted since, uh, you know, summer of 2011. Wow. Well, I love that one quote you have of, we weren't being contacted by professional writers, but instead professionals who happen to write. That's just a very powerful realization, and it could definitely cause a fundamental shift and pivot in your business, all of which we're going to get into later in the interview. Because we love starting Entrepreneur on Fire off, Sunil, with a success quote. We want to keep this motivational ball rolling that you've started for. So take it away. Being successful in entrepreneurship is not about your intelligence level or your skill level at any particular item. It's about perseverance. And that's what we've discovered. That's what's worked for us, sticking to something and having the conviction and belief that you can see it all the way through. 
that's the most important skill you can have as an entrepreneur. So take that down to the ground level, Sunil. I want to hear about some perseverance. You shared about it briefly and just take about 30 seconds to say how you've applied this mantra, this mindset to your life. Oh my gosh, this, uh, this company should have been dead so many times. <laughs> uh, dating back again to the screenwriting uh, uh, days, we were, um, you know, it, it was not, we didn't raise any financing for that. When we started in January 2008, we put in a bunch of our own money. And summer of 2008, we thought, okay, wow, we have some good early traction. We're going to raise some financing and everything is going to be great. Um, but, but, of course, fall of 2008, Lehman Brothers, Bear Stearns happened, the financial markets collapsed, and uh, raising financing was impossible. I sort of unwillingly took a job, which is, you know, uh, you know these days, everyone says you, you got to pursue it full time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, looking back, it actually worked in my favor. I was able to, you know, make a decent income and support myself while I continue to just work the business at night. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and I, I put in a lot of hours and, you know, through all of that, I was planning a wedding, uh, uh, in 2009 and, and, you know, just kind of grinded it out for two years. And what was a very demanding job, my work hours were very difficult, but my co-founder as well exhibited a lot of those same characteristics. He was a grad school student at Harvard at the time and MIT and, and, and between his co- coursework and everything else and lucrative job offers, we just, you know, kept our nose to the grindstone. And it got so bad at one point, um, uh, 2009 fall, you know, we, in addition to our own funds, we had to finance some of our, uh, our company through credit card debt. And we literally couldn't afford the interest payments on the credit card debt, um, at, at one point. I mean, it was, it was awful. Um, but we managed to, you know, just kind of grind it out and put together a small angel round and, and everything like that. But every step of the way we've been tested and, uh, and that feeling of, wow, you know, there's, <laughs> there's only a few weeks of payroll left or whatever the, the, the analogy is for, for folks listening, you know, that's when you find out what you're really made of and whether you can really do this. It's not, you know, wow, you've released a beautiful product and, and, you know, and people are using it. It's really the difficult moments that, that test you and, and, and tell you whether, you know, this is something you want to do and whether you're capable of doing it. And it all boils down to perseverance, baby. I love that. So Sunil, Entrepreneur on Fire is about your journey as an entrepreneur because you're our spotlighted guest today. So share with Fire Nation a time in your journey when you failed, when you just fell flat in your face and you had to pick yourself up, dust yourself off and move forward. Don't be abstract. Tell us a story. Take us down to the ground level. We want to be there with you. And then share with us how you overcame that. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I can, I can take you back to last fall. So we would raised, uh, like I said, we raised our seed financing in November of 2011. And, uh, you know, last year, uh, you know, by around third quarter, we were doing, you know, a pretty decent amount of revenue yeah. enough so that a Series A financing should have been a slam dunk, uh, I think. Um, and, uh, and so we started going out for our, our, our series a funding and, and we had, you know, uh, a few firms very interested in investing as part of the round. Um, and at the time, uh, so my wife and I were expecting our first, uh, child <laughs> November of, uh, November 11th. Uh, and, 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 you know, and this process was running in parallel, 
what ended up happening was I, uh, I sort of botched the Series A process last fall uh, in, a, in kind of a big way. Um, combination of things. I, I was focused mostly on one firm when we had three firms interested in us. And, you know, uh, it, it became evident after that one firm fell through uh, to the other two firms that, you know, these guys, these guys are now kind of in, in, in more of a desperation mode. And so they fell off. And, mm. and so, uh, you know, as you know, and you talk to a lot of startups, financing is a critical part of the equation yeah. because until you hit that profitability, you know, point, you're, you're kind of, you're always, you know, you're looking at, you know, only a few months of visibility until you raise a round. And so, uh, all of the firms bounced out and, you know, I remember, uh, trying to call, you know, more firms generate more interest the day after my kid was born outside of the hospital. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it was, it's just such a soul crushing experience. Um, and you know, what I realized is I just need to take a step back and just evaluate, evaluate the options, take a, you know, take a few weeks. And, uh, you know, we were able to put together a, a venture debt, uh, financing, which, which was a terrific decision in retrospect, but, you know, what happened was after, after, you know, uh, another quarter of, of data and growth, we came back out this spring for, for our series A and, and, and it was easy and we had our choice of firms and we closed that a couple of weeks ago, but, uh, I knew how to run the process, uh, and I wasn't rushed and, um, and, and I, I, you just have to learn by, by, by failing at that process once what it really takes to, to raise venture capital financing. But, um, uh, you know, in a way I needed that failure, but it, it was really difficult with everything going on personally and professionally to kind of get through that time. And, you know, I think a lot of other entrepreneurs may have, after not getting over the line on series A, maybe, you know, started shutting down the company or, you know, kind of doing other things like that, laying off people. Uh, but you know, I, I don't, I don't believe that we need to do that. I believe that this is going to be a big enough opportunity that, uh, that no matter what, we're going to pursue it to the end. Well, congratulations on securing that funding. And Sunil, in just one sentence, boil it down for us. What's one clear lesson that you learned from that experience? Never assume anything is going to be easy <laughs> in entrepreneurship. If it, whatever it is, uh, it's never going to be easy. So uh, just always assume that, you know, a sale, a hire, whatever it is, is going to be much more complex than you think. So Sunil, just like we have failures and challenges and setbacks and stressful moments as entrepreneurs, we also have these times on the other end of the spectrum where the light bulb goes off and you see the light and it resonates with you and who you think is going to be your target market. Share with us a story when you had an aha moment and how'd you turn that moment into success? One of the things is nice about our business and just kind of going back to scripted is businesses always need you know, written content. Um, it's an ongoing need. And, uh, and, and, and so we had two different types of customers coming to scripted. We had, you know, some customers coming in and, you know, posting one or two transactions. They were very happy with the work. And then they would come back a few weeks later and post a couple more. We had others that were posting many, many more transactions and, and saying, Hey, I need 10 blog posts a month or 50 blog posts a month or, or, or whatever. And what we started doing with certain customers is signing them after they were satisfied with you know the work product to longer term contracts, and that was a, a big moment for us uh, with regard to also you know the financing process because you know 
we, we have customers that are, you know, recurring and, and want to stick around with us longer because they love our product. And, you know, knowing that we could sign customers to contracts, you know, getting that first big contract was a big aha moment for us. It, it represents a chain. It represented a kind of a big change in our business model away from just transactional work to longer term engagements. And that's what actually ultimately helped us get over the line. So what did you create as a benefit for signing up as a customer? Uh, we, you know, we offer account management services to uh, our, our larger, you know, customers. Um, and, you know, they get, you know, kind of a higher level of service. We now have people in-house who, uh, who, you know, are you know, experienced in the publishing industry who will guide customers through the process of, of creating writer guidelines, of finding custom writer teams where appropriate, and, uh, and, and things like that. But, but basically, our contract customers get a get a you know kind of a tiered level of level of service, and you know knowing that we can offer that as as, as part of our business model was a, was a big moment for us. And you know we can do both you know transactional work and higher end recurring work for large enterprise customers. And so that's a very nice thing about our model. So I obviously know there's a huge variance, but let's just take a minute and try to talk about some specifics right now, just so Fire Nation can maybe understand the business model of Scripted. So say you have a small business owner, they're looking for eight to 10 blog posts a month for their swimming pool business, and they contact Scripted, what would they be looking at as far as the process? And again, I know it's variance, so I'm just asking for approximation, but what would they be looking at cost-wise? Yeah, well, so this will be a good opportunity for me to explain our product because we are combination tech, which you don't really see in the background, plus, plus you know, great quality writers. But yeah. I want to talk about first just traditionally what you have to go through to hire a writer, right? So you know, you're sitting there, you're in a small business, or even you're, you're a marketing manager at a company, and you need to hire a freelance writer. How does it you know, work today? You can put up an ad on Craigslist or possibly another freelancer site or or possibly send an email out to your friends. And what happens? You get a bunch of resumes in the door, and you have to vet through those resumes. After you're done vetting the resumes, you interview a couple of people. You have to uh, find the right writer for you, uh, assume that they have sort of your subject matter expertise necessary to do the work. You have to agree upon it on a rate, give them a project, and then you're not exactly sure how long that project is going to take. It's going to vary widely from writer to writer. And then after that, there's no money back guarantee on the work that's produced, you know, regardless of, of the quality. So that's the traditional process of working with a freelance writer today. And it's, it's extremely cumbersome. So what we do at Scripted is this. You come in, you're that swimming pool business that you described. You can right now put up a job request on our site, provide custom guidelines, provide links to your, you know, blog or, or blogs that you want the tone and voice to sound like. And here's what happens. Uh, we have uh, already pre-vetted writers for you. So every writer that comes into Scripted has to submit a writing application by the area of expertise they claim to understand. So, for example, you can't just apply to be a Scripted writer. You have to apply to be a tech writer. And if you apply to be a tech writer, uh, that writing sample is vetted by three writers within our own user base ah. who have delivered a lot of high-quality content to clients. So the result is only 14% of writers are actually accepted and descripted. So it's a, it's a very high bar. So then once you're in, then, then what happens? You've posted your swimming pool job request. 
writers will actually pitch topics to you for your blog post. So they will, you know, say top 10, uh, you know, cleaning supplies, uh, for, for your swimming pool, things like that. Um, you receive those pitches in your email as the business and you can hit, you know, accept on pitches that, that you really like. Once you hit accept, a job is created for the writer who generated the pitch. And, oh, by the way, the only writers that can pitch you work are the best ones within our system. So you're always getting access to our best writers who are expert at that subject. Then the writer works on the, the, the job request, turns around a first draft within five business days, and you as a business can then look at the post, request rewrites through our platform, the writer comes back with your uh, requested edits, and the result is 98.5% of work that we've delivered to clients after that rewrite has been accepted. It's a very, very high acceptance rate because the process works so effectively. Uh, on top of that, we're introducing other features like a copy editor layer. So every post that's run through scripted uh, is also looked at by a copy editor. Uh, when we've created a separate vetting process for copy editors, uh, and we'll be introducing that uh, as, as a new product feature very, very soon. And we'll also be introducing editing as a standalone feature very, very soon. Very exciting, Sunil. So let me just kind of break in here for a quick second, because I know the listeners like, wow, this sounds great. I'm interested. And I know, again, this is just an approximation, but how much about would somebody be paying for an article like that? So uh, one blog post can range from $49 to $125, depending on how technical the topic is yep. and depending on whether you want account management services or not. Got it. Very cool. Well, thank you for sharing that. And let's kind of go back really quickly to that aha moment you did have with that account management, with those customers and bringing them on. What's one clear lesson you learned from that, from applying that aha moment? Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, I think with a lot of businesses, there's, you know, there there's two ways you can go: very transactional and 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 kind of you know, uh, and kind of toward this account management, higher touch level of service. But you know, I think it's a misnomer to think that you know you become less of a tech business, right? If you go uh, in that higher end direction, we've built tools for our account managers. Our product team has done an awesome job. I have to recognize Jake, Murad, and uh, Michael uh, here, but um, building tools for the account managers to to kind of scale their time has been critical. And and Shelly, our, our VP of accounts, has done a great job working with the product team to do that. But the result is the amount of accounts our account managers uh, are, are managing has you know has like tripled in a year uh, without growing the team at all. And, and we have a substantial number of customers. So, you know, you don't have to necessarily like build out a massive, you know, administrative department or accounts department just because, you know, you head more in this direction. Technology helps there too. Great. And so you've just done a great job, Sunil, explaining scripted. I mean, I get it. You've taken us through the process. You've shown us the pros. You've told us the approximate cost. I love all of that. But just take 60 seconds right now, because that's all that we have for this portion of the interview, and share with us one thing that's really exciting you about scripted right now. Yeah. Content marketing is the wave of the future. Oh, yeah. Every business will need to publish high quality content in order to sell their customers. You know, 
10 years ago when Google was first, you know, uh, really, you know, uh, becoming a, a massive source of, of inbound leads for businesses, the game was produce a lot of crappy, low quality content to drive traffic to the website. Then the Penguin and the Panda update came out and hammered a bunch of companies. Yep. And the takeaway is basically, you know, you can't, you know, game Google. You just cannot outsmart them. And we're the prime beneficiary of that. Uh, the only way to sell customers is to produce original, high quality, authentic content. And that's what I'm most excited about. Well, that is something to truly be excited about. And I am so excited to just watch this content marketing as it progresses forward. It benefits just real high quality content producers like the people at Scripted do for other businesses, like we try to do here every single day at Entrepreneur on Fire. So thank you for sharing that mentality, Sunil. I am 100% behind that. And now we've reached my favorite part of the show, the lightning round. And this is where I get to ask you a series of questions and you come back at us, Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan, Sunil? Sounds like a plan. I'll do my best. (laughs) What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Fear of failure. Yeah. Uh, fear of failure initially, but I got over that very, very quickly. Um, it, it just took me, you know, I, I was a little bit more mature when I became an entrepreneur. I mean, I was, I was, you know, already mid to late twenties and, uh, and it took me that time to get over that fear. What is the best advice you've ever received? Stick to it and good things will happen. Uh, don't give up, uh, too early when you feel like you have a big opportunity that goes for anything in life. What is something that's working for you right now? I would say uh, having, having a good uh, family at home helps a lot. Uh, so I have uh, a constant support system. I have no idea how people do it without, without a support system. It's the loneliest thing in the world, entrepreneurship, and you need, you need people who understand what you're going through. Couldn't agree more, Sunil. And that's why here at Entrepreneur on Fire, we've just launched Fire Nation Elite, which is for all those listeners that are alone out there and they just want to be a part of something and they need that support and that accountability. So I'm on board again with that because having that group of like-minded entrepreneurs committed to your success and likewise you being committed to them takes things to a whole new level. Agreed. Do you have an internet resource, Sunil, like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners? My most frequently used apps are probably, gosh, I mean, I use Spotify obsessively. Um, I, I, I mean, I can't work without music. I don't know if others can't like how others feel about that, but <laughs> but uh, but but Spotify is great. Um, I would say, kind of on the more boring side, um, on the business side, you know, familiarize yourself with marketing automation tools like Marketo and Pardot. And if you're looking to scale a business, email marketing is still the most effective method to do that. So uh, I would encourage you to really look into marketing automation as a way to grow your business. And what's your favorite within that? We've used Pardot with a lot of success. So we, we like the folks there and Pardot was acquired by Exact Target and subsequently Salesforce. So they're, they're, uh, they're a terrific company. And so is it now just Salesforce? Truthfully, we, we are right now looking at a, a few different options. We were working with uh, marketing automation, but we were getting so many inbound leads that we just kind of turned that off for a little bit, but we're going right. to turn it back on now that uh, and, and look at a few different vendors. But we are huge fans of both Marketo and, and Pardot. Beautiful. And Fire Nation, you can find the links to this resource and everything else that we've mentioned in today's episode by going to entrepreneur 
onfire.com slash Sunil Rajaraman. Or of course, just click the podcast tab in the menu bar. That's all the archives and you can find Sunil right there. So if you could recommend one book, Sunil, for our listeners, what would it be? I'm going to go take the contrarian approach here. I, I'm a bigger fiction fan. Cool. Uh, I'm nonfiction. Um, read The Day of the Locust by Nathaniel West. I, I really like that book. It's about, uh, I, w- I was reading it back when I started the screenwriting uh, company. It's a, it's a great book about, about old Hollywood and, and how business was done back then. Actually, the name Homer Simpson from The Simpsons came from a character in Day oh, of wow. the Locust. Did not know uh, that. Uh, worth a read. Very, very quick one. Uh, uh, really, really good. I'm also uh, a fan of uh, The Stranger by Camus. Uh, it's kind of depressing, but it it gets you. It just gets it gets your career. You know, it just gets you thinking about things, and, and it puts you in a in an interesting mindset. I'll put it that way. Well, Fire Nation, if you haven't already, you can get the audio version of this book for free by going to eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. So, Sunil. This next question is my favorite, but it's kind of tricky. So take your time, digest it, then come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I would find some sort of opportunity to invest that money. If I only had 500 bucks, I... I either I either find a way to to invest in their equivalent of the stock market to kind of kind of build up build up uh, uh, more of a nest egg, or I or I invest in myself and and, and find an opportunity to uh, you know to build something small and and see if I can get others interested in it. Scripted sounds like an incredible resource for every Entrepreneur on Fire listener to get rocking and rolling in this content marketing game, which is the only game out there. I mean, going forward, Fire Nation, you need to realize you cannot game Google. You cannot win. All you can do is create incredibly high, valuable content and share that content. That is how you're going to win. So, Sunil, give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, share how we can find you, and then we'll say goodbye. Stop thinking about it and start it. Um, you will lose years of your life thinking of that great idea and, uh, and, and just sitting on it. Uh, other people have thought of that idea, and all it is is just a matter of a race who, to who gets there first. So you should do that. You can yeah. find me on, uh, on, on Twitter. My handle is subs01, S-U-B-E-S-0-1. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I've got a public uh, LinkedIn page as well. Um, and then you can follow Scripted at twitter.com, get scripted. Nice. Well, Sunil, thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise, your experience. Fire Nation knows that they can get all the resources mentioned in this interview at entrepreneuronfire.com slash Sunil Rajaraman or just go to entrepreneuronfire.com, click the podcast tab, boom, they're all listed in the archive. Sunil, Fire Nation salutes you and we'll catch you on the flip side. All right. Thank you, John. Fire Nation, have you seen the video I just created on firenationelite.com yet? If not, I think you're going to want to see this. In this video, I talked about my passion for the new elite mastermind community we're creating, Fire Nation Elite. I'd love for you to visit the site and check out the video to learn more about Fire Nation Elite. 
Then if you're interested, fill out an application and schedule your one-on-one 15-minute chat with me today. That's FireNationElite.com. Thank you for joining us at EntrepreneurOnFire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.